Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me today I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. It's always nice recording one of these after a win. And look, it's um, it's getting pretty interesting at the top of the table. That that gap between uh, first and second and first and sixth is or first and seventh is really starting to grow. So um it's one of those situations I'm just sort of, you know, while the good times are going, I'm just enjoying it and um, hopefully they can continue all through the season. Yeah, look, I mean, I guess, again, from what I said last week, we're talking about getting those little clumps of wins together and I'm looking at the last five, and it's four, four out of the last five are wins, four in a row. Yeah, so, four in a row, yeah. Um, pretty much that's the best form in the division at the moment. So... Uh, you know, just just rewards, I guess, for consistent performance. We um, deserve to be where we are. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just going to pull up the table because there was a few impressive stats. I think someone was saying uh, we're the only team in the EFL not to have a draw yet, which is pretty good. I saw um, Tiger Base posted out a tweet saying that it's our best. Currently, we're on our best ever win percentage. I think it's at about 70%, which is far and away our best ever. Um I think we've got the most goals or equal most goals scored in the division. Um, you know, 15 goals, con- uh, sorry, 11 goals conceded, which is uh, the second least ahead of, I think Lincoln's got 10 conceded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 26 goals scored, 11 wins, two more than any other team in the division. Um, look, you know, there's not much more you can ask for. And, and, and we're on track for 108 points, which, uh, you know, it's still early days, but... Um, I do sort of have in the back of my mind that we're kind of on track for 100 points and it would sure be nice to get to, to 100 points in the season. Yeah, look, I mean, well, we've talked about it only being lowly, lowly League One before, but um, hitting triple figures to, to and ending the season would, um, would be an impressive accomplishment um, either way, uh, particularly with like how the rest of this league and the, and the um, fixtures are unfolding because it doesn't... We we talked about we've talked about it being a tough league, and it seems that pretty much anyone can beat anyone on any given day, except for us, of course. Yeah, because <laughs> you look at you look at apart from so Lincoln and us both picked up the three points this weekend or this this game day, um, but Peterborough, Charlton, and Portsmouth in the top six all lost. Ipswich dropped points, and Sunderland drew as well. So of the what's that of the top ten, only the top two actually picked up wins, which, as you say, does show that anyone can beat anyone in this, in this division. But it also underlines just how well we've been playing and how consistently we've been playing. And, you know, we were sitting here a few weeks. We'll talk about the games themselves in a second. But, you know, we were sitting here a few weeks ago talking about um, we'd sort of gone on a bit of a win-loss, win-loss streak, which was starting to look pretty inconsistent. And um, since that loss to what was a Peterborough, I guess, um, we've just, you know, cup game aside against Stevenage, we've been uh, pretty consistent. Yeah, um, don't know. I mean, I think I think it's helped that we've been able to settle on um, on a pretty well on, on that first eleven, and you've got you know Magenis has been in scoring form, um, you know Wilkes is, is still chipping in, um, you know, same sort of stuff we've been talking about. You know, when everyone's performing well, it's 
there's no reason no reason to change so and that consistency just helps you build um well consistency in your 11 helps you build consistency on the park i think definitely um we'll, we'll look at first at that steven inch game which was i guess um a bit more of a disappointing fixture than the doncaster win um going out on penalties um it was a, it was i think it was a pretty much fully changed 11 i think slater was the only player to keep his place from the weekend's game or oh, sorry the, the previous game um midweek last week uh with scott eaves and meyer up front and and i was pretty happy to see meyer get a start there and He's, he's had a bit of a strange start to his City career because he came in looking quite good in his first couple of games and, of course, got the um, assist for the winner against Crew uh, at home in the league, which was great to see. But he, he had a few flashes in this game, but it doesn't look like he's really coming on as much as I would have expected, um, which I guess isn't great to see. And, and Samuelson's another one where he had those couple of great games in the EFL Trophy and he just didn't really take his chance in this fixture either. Yeah, look, just from watching the highlights, um, there weren't many from Meyer. Uh, I think there's a couple of crossfield passes that went to the opposition. Yeah, yeah. Um, which were pretty yeah, I think, average. I think his, yeah, his turnover early in the game that almost kind of led to a pretty decent chance for them. Yeah, and Samuelson's our eternal uh, enigma. I think he just seems to he has the flashes of brilliance and can never seem to. I guess just transfer it to a consistent basis or, or at that sort of next level because the EFL trophy, what he's played, basically played under 21s or under 23s teams, I mean, um, as soon as he seems yeah. to get stepped up into the... But, you know, the you know I'm, sure, I'm sure Grimsby and stuff would have been playing reasonably strong oh. sides. I mean, I, 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 I yeah. don't, I'm not an expert on Grimsby's team, so I could be wrong on that. But you'd sort of think, I mean, Stevenage in League 2 should be at about the same level, so... It's a bit of yeah. a weird one. But, yeah, I don't know. Just he doesn't I – don't, I don't know about Samuelson. So we, <laughs> yeah. we, we slag him and then he has a good game. Wow, well, that was good. If he can just produce that, then on a more regular basis, he could be quite a player and, and then he gets a couple more chances and, and then he, his form just dips off again and he doesn't really do much. He won a penalty. That's true, uh, yeah. But yeah. I don't know. And look, a couple of shots know, and stuff, but, yeah. It shows that he's getting in the right positions. He had a lot of chances. He won the penalty, as you say, which was great, um, and, and slotted by Eves as well, which was also good to see. Um, Eves is a funny one, and I think he's sort of, yeah, I mean, you know, full disclosure, I, I wasn't able to watch this game. I think the FA Cup games and League Cup games have been quite difficult for us here in Oz because they're not included in the um, streaming package and outside of uh, finding, a, finding a dodgy link on the internet, it quite, gets quite hard to to watch these games. So I've only just seen the highlights, but um, the highlights are quite kind on Eves. And I, I kind of looked at it and so, sort of saw that he created a couple of chances. He he played in a few teammates, um, obviously converted the penalty. Um, yes, his penalty in the penalty shootout wasn't fantastic. It was probably a bit in the keeper's comfort zone. Um, but, for, you know, from what I hear, his all-round game was actually a bit worse than that. You know, a few offsides, a um, few poor touches, things like that. Um, I guess he's another one like Samuelson who's a bit of an enigma where, you know, we'll talk about the Doncaster game in a second, but but scoring again in the Doncaster game means it's now 3-3 three and three for him, which is a good record. But he just can't uh, get much consistency in his game during games, it seems. Yeah, look, at the moment, um, I, I guess what's good about I mean, what's good about Eves' situation, Eves and Magenis at the moment is that, you know, Magenis is starting and scoring goals. And then when 
he gets subbed off and Eves comes on. Eves comes on and is scoring goals as well. So it's not a bad situation um, to, to be in. Um, but, yeah, it's a shame if 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 he could get a little bit more consistency in that um, in those opportunities where he, where he starts, um, then you know we'd have a real a dilemma in in um, in terms of our starting forwards. But I yeah, um, mm. I, I like Eves. I think he's a he's a, he's a likable guy. He he tries his heart out all, all the time. I can't remember. There's maybe one or two games where you could say, oh, I didn't look like he was really in- interested. But for the most part, he, he always gives his all. He's he's busy running, um, getting getting involved, and and you know doing a lot of work for for a big man as well. Um, so yeah, not sure. I don't know whether it's just you know he has. I mean, he hasn't played a lot of football this season compared to like Magennis. And Magennis has had the extra the internationals where he's gone away and played. You know, extra and extra games. So, I guess that sort of is in Magenis's favour. He's playing lots and lots of football, and he's sort of because he's in good form, he's able to keep that keep that his own personal momentum going. Um, and Eves, I guess, is just stuck in that sort of stop start sort of a rut where he can't quite get out of it and get going and force his way into that um, in, into a starting spot. Yeah, and then I guess the other issue as well is it seems um, a problem of centre-backs for us, which is we've almost got too many of them at the moment. And I sense that looking at that starting eleven, I sense that McCann saw it as an opportunity to give McLaughlin, Device and Jones starts. Um, and realistically, I think probably should have started Jones in midfield ahead of Slater just so that we could have had more natural shape in that back four with Fleming on the field instead of... Um, instead of having McLaughlin at left back. I, th- I feel like that was probably the, the lapse in judgment from McCann, and that's me speak- speaking as a layman. I mean, I'm not quite sure if that's the reasoning, but it just seemed a bit odd to go in with three centre-backs when we had Fleming on the bench, who, who hasn't played a whole lot of game time either. Um, and it meant that, you know, for more reports, McLaughlin at left back just didn't really fit the mould and, and really sort of struggled there. And, and of course, Device pretty much at fault for the uh, Stevenage goal with a pretty poor clearance right into a Stevenage player um, was, was sort of our undoing. And I think I think McGann sort of said after the game that he thought he'd put out a side that was strong enough to get through. Um, we obviously had Lewis Potter coming off the bench. We had Fleming who came off the bench and then Jones and Chadwick as well. Um, but it was a pretty youthful team, pretty youthful bench as well. So uh, it was one of those games where I think, if, if as was the case, if if we hadn't put the game away early, it was going to be a bit of a worry because there wasn't a whole lot of strength on the bench to come on and change the game. Yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, we. I mean, we we both on last last episode said expected to win, and then after we both tipped the win, I think I said, "Oh, this is going to turn into a banana skin for us," um, which it sort of ended up being a little bit, a um, little bit of a slip up. I mean, you you wouldn't say that we were embarrassed, but it is disappointing to. Like to especially to take to take the lead, um, and then you know g- give away a goal essentially with with as you mentioned a poor clearance from device, and then you know I thought you know we went to penalties you'd almost be confident we've had a pretty good run in yeah, penalty shootout so far so and, and, and they missed their first penalty and I thought I because I I sort of woke up for the penalty shootout and I was following it and I thought oh, they missed the first penalty I was like oh that you know we're through then because I just didn't imagine any of our players would miss their penalties. Yeah. So. Um, I don't know. It's a bit disappointing in that regard, but um, yeah, I, th- I think. I mean, we've been talking about these games again as being opportunities for McCann to to rotate to give uh, um, some of these fringe players 
starting opportunities to show their wares, um, which is, I guess, you know, that's obviously what what he's done here. And you know, you go based just based on result. How many really did showcase their talents yeah. to their to their full potential? Um, and, and I guess the silver lining as well is, you know, I always sort of. Uh, flinch a little bit when the draw comes out for the next round to see who we would have got if we'd got through. And it was just, it's it's Swansea. So it's not as if it's a, you know, big six Premier League club or anything like that. It's not like we've missed out on a on a potential TV fixture that's going to bring in a whole bunch of income or, you know, a great ground to go along to for the for the players or anything like that. It's it's Swansea who theoretically would have knocked us out um, at that stage. So it's not as if we've missed out on some huge opportunity. So... I guess that's sort of the silver lining to the loss. Um, but I guess then we'll look ahead to the... Well, sorry, not look ahead. We'll look back on the game from this morning against Doncaster, uh, which was a fantastic 2-1 win. Um, when the game started, I sort of said to you um, and, and the other boys in the um, podcast chat that it had a feel of danger game. Um, I don't know if it's because Doncaster play the ball on the ground a lot more and, and they look a lot more confident on the ball than some of our opponents who are more likely to to boot the ball up the field or um, don't seem to do a whole lot with the ball. And for that first 10 or 15 minutes, Doncaster looked quite dangerous. And then um, and then I guess as we sort of asserted our dominance on the game a little bit more, they, um, they dropped back and became a lot more reactive. But... Um, it was it was it was quite uh, quite an interesting start to the game. I thought. Yeah, look, I um have to. I was I thought it was a really good game. I thought it was um, that Doncaster did start really well and they had us under a lot of pressure really early. Um, but as you say, we we did manage to sort of turn that around and, and work ourselves back into the game and um, you know start winning a few free kicks around the area and, and putting some pressure on with that, with our set pieces, um, not corners. The corners were atrocious this morning, but um, the actual free kicks weren't too bad. Um, I think it was interesting. It was the commentators this morning did my head in. There was a couple of really weird comments. So a weird analogy about us it being like yeah, a champions, league, yeah, champions yeah. league team playing a bottom three premier league team or something. It didn't even feel AKA, like, AKA, you know, we're a team coming first in league one and they're 10th. Like he was sort of suggesting as if like, oh, you know, if you looked at the table, it wouldn't mirror what's happening on the pit. I'm like, wow, well, I don't think it went that, it's not that far off first, first 10th in terms of. Yeah, I, it was, it was a weird comment that he made. Yeah. And I didn't really think because I thought it was a really, really close game. It's not like, yeah. and, and he sort of said that, said something about like, and didn't even give Doncaster the credit that they deserve for their first, you know, 15 or 20 minutes because they were really good and they came at us fast and they played balls really well around the park, had us sort of ch- chasing shadows almost. Um, but, yeah, look, they, they, it, I think they deserved the equaliser that they got late on because they because of the pressure. I actually really thought they were going to score first. With, after yeah, about yeah, 10 minutes, I, I was like, yeah. they're going to go in here soon. And yeah. I was... Sort of a little bit worried that we might um, have another capitulation of sorts, but um, I, I think we did well to hold firm and, and just work our way back into it. I thought a um, couple of players really tried to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and and, and take control. I thought Doherty on his return, yeah, was really good. Um, if I don't you, know what he, I don't know what he has to do to score. Like he has oh. the, you know, rotten luck in the side. Like he hit the post again today. I th- I'm pretty sure he was the one late on who who forced the save that fell to Eves. Like, he's, he's, he's had so many good chances 
Um, yeah. Yeah, he had. I think there was another shot that was outside the box that got blocked or something or yes. something, and then went out for yeah, a corner. No, um, he had a shot that was going to be a goal, but then Greaves was offside and it, oh, it yeah. hit into Greaves. Yeah. Um, so I thought, but he's just that. That he gets a ball, he picks the ball up, and he just and he drives, just drives it forward, um, gets into those wide positions, and drives it into the corner, um, and to to work the cross in and things like that. And that just that's what seems to work really well for us. Those players that are um, want to just go at the opposition and take the ball. Um, I think I I I'm not sure. I didn't actually get to see Wilkes's. Uh, yellow card for uh, simulation. From the sounds of it, it wasn't. Um, sounds no. of it, it seemed like a pretty. It was a. It was. It was a pretty stonewall. Pe- like it's the typical sort of taps the ball in front of him to go around the keeper. Keeper with the outstretched hand pretty much grabs his ankle and pulls him down. Yeah. Um, I don't know where the refs pulled a simulation yellow from. From that, that looked a, as clear a penalty as you're going to get. And I think yeah. I think he's got prize of that, didn't he? Didn't he? Get a yellow for diving against Wigan in the not, the eight nil loss when it should have been a penalty and got overturned. And I, I'm I, there might have even been another one as well. But he's had a few where they've mm. they've carded him for simulation where I'm pretty sure they've been penalties. Yeah, it was weird because I don't know. But he uh, apart from that, like he did really well. And I think the first half he tore him to pieces, and the second half they basically put two men on him. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, I know, particularly in the first half, there's a few chance, like few few times where he just he received the ball and then just basically just won himself a free kick, just um, because he they, they just they just came in and were fouling him and uh, whoever he was marked up against was giving him way too much space. But um, yeah, I think it was. I think he, uh, did Wilkes was win Hall- a free kick for the goal? I think he might. might have. Yeah, I think he might have against. Was it Halliday? Was the right back, and they're playing yeah, probably. from the left. Um, yeah, because I think that, the commentators were sort of saying that it looked like we'd sort of targeted him, and um, we're yeah, playing a lot down Wilkes' side. Um, because the Doncaster manager had said, "Oh, well, Wilkes will come in off the right, cut inside, yeah. and and tear us apart, or something." And then, and, we'll play and, on then, the left. and then they played him on the left and put a Delacun who was, I, I really didn't even cite him in the game much. He didn't really, didn't really do much. Um, he's he, he's another like uh, Meyer, like Samuelson, mm. who is really frustrating because it's hard to know what to make of him because he has those great games. And then, you know, games like this morning where he just doesn't look interested and doesn't put the pressure on, doesn't seem to um, do a whole lot on the field. Yeah, it was a bit disappointing from him. Yeah, I think there was, something, there was, a, there was a moment in the first half, I think, where defensively he just like didn't do anything. Yeah. He was there, I think, and they were playing around and he didn't, didn't even didn't track his runner or something. They created a good chance. I can't remember, but um, yeah. Look, the but back to that the free kick that that was won on the edge of the box and um, Magenis. Those thunderbastard. Uh, not not decent. quite as effective as a Hull accent, but thunderbastard of a goal. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a decent hit. Um, and you know, on the score sheet again, doing his job. Um, Is that four and I think it was. Four and four, uh, four and three from now, or something like that. Something he got, he got, he got the double. Yeah, be close to four and four. Um, four and three, even I get. Oh, uh, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah. but uh, it was nice to see just one of those. I, I think we I mentioned about we mixed mixing up. Um, actually, no, sorry, the commentators mentioned about mixing up our set pieces, and it was nice to see one of our those direct free kicks 
or so indirect, I think it was, but taken like that just to drive at goal because the, a lot of them have just been either um, like sort of a, a, a curling shot towards a top corner or they've just been played in to try and into the box for, for someone to try and get a header. But it was nice to see them just roll it out, have a drive and, it was a pretty good drive. Yeah, I almost broke the net. It was fantastic. I, I, I didn't at first. I didn't think it had gone in because it was just one of those ones. It was hit so cleanly that I thought surely it's just you know gone around the side or something because you know you, you so rarely see those sorts of finishes uh, directly from a free kick. So that was great. It, I guess it shows he's you know sort of full of confidence. He just sort of went for it. Um, and then, and then you know, sort of as you said, so Doncaster then got their equaliser at about seventy-five minutes, I think it was. Um, I'll double check that. Um, uh, Eighty-one minutes, in fact. Yeah, so it was actually even later than that. And and you sort of got the sense at that point um, that maybe we'd sort of you know you you miss enough of those chances that that perhaps the result kind of gets away from you. And I think it was pretty much straight from the equaliser that McCann chucked, um, Eves and. Um, uh, who was it? Oh, uh, Scott on because um, he'd already thrown Lewis Potter on for Adelican. So completely new front three, um, which again, it's this five subs that sort of lets us completely change our attack and completely freshen them up. Um, and then with this first touch, Eves, you know, taps in the rebound to, to win the game for us a couple of minutes later. So um, still yet to draw in the league and and uh, managed to win the game. And, of course, uh, Darren Moore comes out afterwards and says that they probably deserved at least a draw or or not the win. And you sort of look at the number of chances each side created, and I think we had something like 20 shots to, um, what is it, 20, 25 shots to six. Uh, don't quite know how you can say that you deserved something from the game. Yeah, it's weird that there's that manager thing, but there's the other thing that we keep the report people keep making the comments that we haven't faced a real test yet. Every time we beat someone who's like, we, we beat Ipswich and I oh, well, we have, they're, they're obviously not a real contender. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't passed a real test yet because we lost to Peterborough and we have passed a real test. You know, it's just the same thing. We, we beat someone and that that's then that because we won, they're not a real test. We got to, got to wait for the next, the next test. Just the same as like every game we win, we shouldn't have won because because I because I don't know I don't understand the managers and and the media and all the bullshit that's <laughs> yeah and 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 I think it was I think it was the Wiseman Say podcast last week I was listening to and they made the really good point that these managers are really actually not doing themselves any favors because by saying that we didn't deserve to win that we're not very good we're you know a team of chances sort of thing it actually probably gives our players more motivation to come out and say, well, we're going to prove you wrong. Whereas if they came out and said, oh, you know, City's a team full of stars, they're too good for this division, they're just bullying us, blah, 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 it would actually probably work in their favour more because then it would make our players' heads bigger, they might drop off, they might sort of start thinking, yeah, they're right, we are too big for this division sort of thing. And by doing the opposite, by sort of playing us as the underdogs, it's actually probably working in our favour. Yeah, well, I guess the other thing is like if you... Uh, if I was a manager and I was saying, well, we should have won that game, we deserve to win, but we didn't, then that it's means like, oh, yeah, you, about you? You, you, that I as a manager then haven't been do it, like haven't done my job properly because my job is to get wins. And if I say that we deserve to win, but we didn't, then I've failed. Yeah, so they're, they're saying, well, like, why, why didn't you? And so where's the manager? But it, yeah, but if you say, yeah, I guess the same as like what you're saying, like if you go, well, they were the better team today, you know, or whatever, or they're, you know, they've come down from the championship and they're showing like their quality or whatever. 
it again it's sort of a bit you go oh well there's a understandable reason why we haven't been able to get points or but they don't want to give us any credit but i guess yeah if you depending on your perspective they're doing themselves a disservice in in doing so no absolutely um well, I'll give my three to one for the match um, first of all, and, and I, I'm giving the three to Magenis. I think it was another terrific game from him. Um, great, great goal from him, and uh, really worked quite hard. There was a couple of times where he dropped really deep um, to help defend, um, and just showed his leadership all over the park. So I was going to give him the three votes for that. Um, in two is a player that we haven't actually touched on yet, but was Callum Elder, who um, I saw some stats just in the last hour or so. Um, that basically said that he was the leader on the park for, you know, big chances created, uh, key passes, uh, interceptions. He wasn't dribbled past even once. So it was probably his best game of the season, I thought. And, and you know, we're sort of touching on on the players early in the game that kind of kept us in it and tried to push us forward. And and he was certainly one of them. He, he was linking up with Doherty a couple of times down that left-hand side and really pushing us on and, and getting us going, which, which was fantastic to see. Um, and then I'll give the one to Doherty as well, because as we say, you know, coming back from injury, first game back in the side, um, sort of had to prove that, it, you know, it was his place to lose again. Um, and he certainly did that. And I just hope that in the next week or two, he can find the back of the net and kind of break that curse because it looks like he's trying pretty hard to get that goal and, and he really deserves it. Yeah, I think they said, did Doherty play for Shrewsbury or something at some point? I feel like. Yeah, and I they, think so. they said when he did, he scored a he scored actually quite a few goals for them. I yeah, think. Um, they were saying that this morning because they they made a couple of similar comments. Because then they said uh, Magenis played with one of the Doncaster players somewhere else. I think at one point, right. and the, between the two of them, they scored a hatful or something as well somewhere. I can't remember. But um, in terms of three, two, one, I thought about this this morning while I was watching the game, and I had it in my head, and I can't remember what I decided. I didn't have Magenis. In the three, I was actually not too impressed with his first half. Yeah. Okay. Um, apart, like the goal was nice, but um, but from yeah, there was something. There was just something that I can't remember what it was. I felt like he was a bit wasteful at times, um, and not. Um, did he give away a heap of stupid free kicks or something? He might have given think, away yeah, quite a few yeah, early silly yeah. free kicks. Um, where I was like, why did you even? We've but, we've still we, we've still yet to see him get one of his uh, straight red cards. I'm sure there's one coming. In, in, you know, for all the praise yeah. for all of us bigging bigging him up, I'm sure he's going to have a game where he just loses the plot. I actually thought this morning he was going to get a yellow. Um, yeah, because we gave away a few of those free kicks in a row. Then the ref came over to talk to him, and I thought, oh, here we go. Here's the yellow, and then he'll get himself <laughs> all psyched up, and we'll get another one. Um, but then I ended up being worried about Wilkes when he got on a yellow for simulation because I was like, he's yeah. getting frustrated. Something silly will happen. Um, uh, off the top of my head, from what I can remember, was really impressed with Doherty. I'll give Doherty the three points, even though he did not score. I don't know how he didn't score, um, as we touched on. Um, I will, I'm will. i happy to stick Elder with two. And I might give... Uh, I'm going to leave Magenis out completely. I'm going to give... Oh, I don't know. Do I want to give it to Eves or, Eves or Greaves? That's, that's my toss-up for one point. Um... I might go with um, Greaves, Jake Greaves. Another um, solid, solid performance in the back. A really, sol- really good block in the first half. Um, he, he, he must be getting a bruise because that's similar to he had a yeah another pretty, one like a few weeks ago. Yeah, but he's just throwing himself in there um, and and just making really good challenges. And they've just got it sorted. They've just got it sorted there at the moment, which is really nice to see. 
Definitely. No, it's great. It's great to see. Um, it's great when you sort of start to see the, the best 11 starting to come together. And and even so, I, I don't even, I think it's sort of a best 12 or 13 because you've got Lewis Potter and, um, and others who can sort of rotate around in that front three, which is great as well. Um, well, we'll talk quickly about a few off-field um, talking points from this week. Um, first of all was, we, you know, we sort of talked about it last week around any potential January transfer plans. And um, a name that we had seen floated, oh, I would have been like a month or two ago now, it was a sort of paper talk, but it's resurfaced, is um, Danny Grant, who's a young Irish winger who, um, who's been playing for Bohemians over in Ireland and um, scored seven goals in 18 games of them in 2020 because I think their season's sort of a calendar year season. Um, 20 years old, so he sort of fits our mould of going for those young, exciting wingers. Um, and it sounds as if, you know, if, if the paper talk can be believed, it sounds as if we're looking to sign him up in January. Um, and for all the talk we've just been saying about guys like Samuelson and Adelican, um, Adelican obviously here on loan, um, if we were to sign this guy and, he, and he's sort of half decent, it, it might sort of spell the end for, for at least Adelican and, and potentially Samuelson as well. Yeah, look, I don't know much about him, but uh, yeah, I think um, you're probably right. Like with someone like Adelican on loan, uh, he really has to be showing, he needs to, I guess he just needs to be more consistent and, and be performing closer to the to the top of what he's capable of than he's sort of middling a bit at the moment. So, um, yeah, if, if he can't pick it up then, and we did pick um, another young winger up, he would certainly probably not get offered an, um, a permanent deal. Um, and how long's left on Samuelson's contract? Is he this, is he this I'm, year? I'm going to guess this it must season. be the end of this season. It, it might be one of those ones where we have a year in our favour, but, yeah. but well, whether he's done enough to trigger that, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and then I guess yeah, we're, but besides that, it's yeah probably as we mentioned last week, maybe maybe device saying saying goodbye. Um, the, yep. Just the full lack of football, I think is going to um, count against um, him in that regard. But and then speaking of um, contracts, uh, Fleming did sign a new contract this week for for another two years with an option of a third year. So that's it's good to see. I think it was Chadwick who signed a one and one year with a one year potential for an extension um, last week as well. I think it was Chadwick. Um, so it's good to see some of those younger guys starting to get signed up and, and hopefully guys like Lewis Potter, um, uh, even Batty, I guess. I don't know if he's sort of in the in the plans to get a, an extended contract. Um, and then some of the more senior guys as well. It would be great to see, um, you know, whether it's uh, Burke, whether it's Elder, whether it's, um, you know, I guess they've just joined us, but guys like Emmanuel giving them longer deals would also be, pretty good as well. Yeah, look, I think it's really good to see us actually trusting in our academy players now because there was a period where we still had quality coming in, but we ended up we were spending overs on bringing in players from, from elsewhere that didn't really perform. Um, and, you know, you look, Bowen's gone from, like, come through the academy, broken in the first team, gone on, and he's dead now. He's in with, with the rest of them sitting fifth in the Premier League or something. He scored four Goal goals assist, in, yeah. or something like this, this season game. already. So um, he's doing really well. You know, Ken Lewis Potter's made the jump quite easily, really, um, considering this is his first full season. Um, and, you know, uh, and we've seen so many of those guys that have come through, which we haven't maybe retained, but have 
come in and, and done it and been capable enough to, to um, perform at that level. So I think, I think part of that's forced by the financial motivations of the alums in regard to how they want to run the club. And it's, you know, obviously much cheaper to just to sign those um, academy guys on, on a cheap contract than it is to go out and find an established player. But I think it's, I think it's working in our favor at the moment. And it's one of those things that not, I can't speak for anyone from Hull for this, but I know with like my local, with like I'm a Central Coast Mariners fan and I know whenever they sign, you know, youth youth players into their senior squad, that makes me excited and it makes me want to engage. Like I feel more connected to that to the yeah. club when they're when it's you know it's Central Coast players that are playing for them. And I imagine it's the same for all those Hull born fans that when there's Hull players coming through the academy and breaking into the first team, that that feels more like their team, even yeah. with all the other you know off field bullshit that goes on. Well, speaking of, it's a good segue. Um, Alex Bruce announced his retirement during the week as well, and and gave a an exclusive interview in the Hull Daily Mail. And I think most of the most of the stuff that he said was already reasonably well known, but but sort of hearing it straight from him that essentially following the um, playoff final win, when um, I think he got a bone spur injury or, or something like that, which basically put him out for the whole Premier League season. Um, when um, when his father left the club it was basically the end of his career at City because he had basically told his agent that there was no future for, for Alex at the club, um, but then was only officially told that he was being released through the social media post from the club, which was pretty disappointing to see. Um, and, and he sort of just conveyed, I guess, what we already knew, that, you know, Steve had a good relationship with SM and, and, and the club was sort of running pretty smoothly at that point. Then when Ehab took over, it all sort of went downhill. Um and he sort of bristled a little bit at the the concept that Steve Bruce was an expensive manager, which I think was Ehab's sort of justification and quite rightly pointed out that I, I'm pretty sure of all the players that Steve Bruce has signed, um, I think we're probably in a net profit position on them when you consider that he's signed guys like Harry Maguire and Andy Robertson for a combined fee of £5 million or something like that, Bowen for a free, essentially a free youth transfer. You know, Sam Klukas went on for... 12, 15 million pounds, guys like that. Um, hard to hard to say that, you know, yes, you, you're shelling out your 7 million pounds for Yelovich or, or, you know, 9 million pounds for Hernandez who then go for, for free transfers. But um, most of the players turned out pretty profitable. Yeah, not to mention uh, uh, Shane Long, who we bought and sold yeah. in the space of the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and made a profit on. Not a huge one, but... It was, Decent enough I think, in such I think, a short turnaround. Yeah, I think I think he was basically oh I think it was actually pretty decent. I think it was like bought for seven million, sold for twelve. Yeah. In, in like six months. So it's not it's yeah, not bad. But um yeah, look uh, I don't know. I it's it is disappointing when when those things get when when you hear it finally come come out into the I guess get aired out or whatever, but um I don't know. It's a, it's a shame how it went down. I guess for both Bruce's because they were both really good servants for the club. Um, both gave their all, um, and we enjoyed some really good times with with both of them. So it's it's a bit of a shame all around. I think that whole scenario. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, then speaking of good times, um, 
we we do have the the pleasure of announcing that on the 16th of december over in uk time um that logan and myself will be appearing on the wise men say podcast for a sort of christmas special which will be a bit exciting um so that'll be thursday morning our time i think it's gonna be 8 p.m in the uk um so we'll be doing a few different festive sort of themed ideas for that podcast which will be pretty exciting it's always nice to sort of collaborate with some of the other podcasts out there and we do appreciate i think it was over uh on the saturday night just before the fa cup game um the tigers tigers blah 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 uh tweeted out to sort of point out that yes there's you know sort of three current sort of established podcasts for for city and i think there's a fourth that's looking like starting up in the next couple of weeks so plenty of options for everyone to choose for from all released on different days of the week so you can sort of stagger your city city uh enjoyment of listening to the podcasts um you know, decent decent enough length that you can listen to it on the way to work or while you're having your coffee and checking your emails in the morning. Um, yeah, so always, always good to sort of see the, the city community growing in, in terms of podcasts and um, long, may they, long may they all continue. Um, but we'll look ahead now at our player review uh, for this week, which is Sean McLaughlin, uh, where we're sort of fast running out of players. So I think we'll soon be doing reviews on players signed from this season but he did sign for us uh back in 2019 from cork uh but then went on loan to st Mirren for the first half of last season um he did he did play um a couple of times for us seven times in the league in the run in to the end of last season um it was pretty impressive on debut as well um but but but, but besides that he's really just been limited to cup appearances at the moment um for me, probably his highlight was either his debut or I think it was a game in the EFL Trophy earlier this season where he was he was on fire and and you know had a, had a number of blocks and interceptions and, and looked really solid down back. Um, so for me, look, he, he's one that's uh, a really promising kid for the future. But um, I guess he's the sort of one that you know, he, especially with Greaves coming in now and um, and Jones sort of make that position a bit more difficult for him to to latch onto. But um, you know, if, if Burke was to move on or if there's sort of an injury or something like that, he, he's sort of the next cab off the rank, I guess, to, to fill in that spot. Yeah, look, I, I think um, he's a he isn't he's a good good young player who, you know, as you as you mentioned, has had some really bright moments for us. Um, you know, unlucky, I guess, not to have had more opportunity more opportunities so far. But I think um, he is sort of just on the periphery of, of breaking into the first team, I guess he, but I guess what I'm concerned is that, you know, I well, not necessarily concerned because, you know, Greaves has come on so strong, but concerned that, uh, that McLaughlin's going to be one that may sort of get away from us. He'll be one that mm. will get towards the end of his contract and never have broken into the first team or, or whatever, or established, established himself as a first team regular and will get moved on. Um, and we won't really ever get to see, you know, the, the best of him or see him on a consistent basis, which, um, you know, like many others have come in and, and been promising, but never really been given a given the opportunity or taken the opportunity. So I think that, that's yeah, my concern. And I, but. I think the frustrating thing as well is he's the sort of player that we signed when we had a view to being a sort of mid-table championship club. And I, I guess the idea was probably to sign him loan him out to St Mirren as we did and then potentially loan him out to a maybe a League One club this season um, and get like a full season of games into him. But because circumstances have changed and that's where we now find ourselves, it's harder to 
harder to have made the decision to loan him out. And so he's sort of stuck in this no man's position of not getting game time with us, but being too good to loan out to another club in this division. Um, so I think you're right that next season is probably the really interesting one for him. If, we, if we're to get promoted and he he's not able to find a place in the side, um, I, I don't know if next season, sort of his last year on his contract, whether he goes out on loan and tries to prove himself for a new deal or tries to sort of put himself in the shop window maybe. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a funny one, I guess, because unlike with all of the wingers that we have, it's not as if we're regularly sort of rotating our centre-backs during games. So he's not really getting a, uh, much of a look in in the league. Um, and then as we were sort of saying earlier, that, that FA Cup game, it was almost as if we... we we almost sacrificed the game in essence to, to either play him or device by, by putting them both on the pitch and, and not having a left back. So um, yeah, it's sort of a tricky one for him. It sort of reminds me of when we signed Maguire and we had him, McShane, Bruce, Davies, Dawson and Chester all on the books. And that's a lot of center backs to have. And even though we were playing three at the back, uh, I think it was McShane who started to get kind of his nose out of joint because he just wasn't getting any game time. And I think Maguire got loaned out to Wigan. And, you know, Maguire was probably good enough to have been playing for us that season or at least um, or at least in the following season when we were getting promoted from the championship and just didn't get as much game time as he probably should have because we just had so many centre-backs on the books. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with McLaughlin. Um well, we'll look ahead now to um, the league game on the weekend against Oxford United, um, who are managed by Carl Robinson, not the Carl Robinson at Western Sydney or formerly of Newcastle Jets down here in Australia, but Carl with a K. I think he used to be manager of MK Dons is probably where I know him best from. Um, but he's been there since March 2018, which is a pretty decent spell um, in charge of a club. Um, we, we actually haven't played Oxford since 2004, which was when we were back in League Two. I think it was Division Three at the time, um, where we beat them 4-2 at home but lost 2-1 away. Um, but we've only beaten them twice since the year 2000, which is sort of a reflection on the number of times we've played them, but is still quite a uh, quite a stat as well. Um, and they've only got one win in five, which came against Wigan, although they have been quite useful in taking points off Ipswich and Portsmouth as well. So how, how do you see this one against Oxford shaping up? Um, look, I'm hopeful that we can continue and we make it five from five. Um, that's that's the short answer. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see how we rotate or if, like, if we rotate um, because, you know, it's a short turnaround again. Um, was, you know, admittedly a quite a tough game this morning. Um, so, yeah, um, I, I guess that would you probably... See, would you say Lewis Potter coming in? I could. I really could. Um, probably for a delicate, because he was, you know, underwhelming this morning. Um, yeah, I, I guess it just... And then you look at someone like Doherty and how he's pulled up, because it was a... He had a thigh complaint is why he's been out for a little while. So how he's pulled up from that, maybe he doesn't start. Um, and then someone, uh, you know, Slater or, or Batty or Jones, yeah. any one of those could probably slot into that, into that position and, and, and do, do the job. So I don't think, I think barring anyone actually pulling up, actually injured, I'd imagine that it's probably, I, I'd look, be thinking Ken Lewis Potter, Magenis, Wilkes, um, Honeyman, Smallwood, 
I don't know, maybe Slater because he's been trusted. You know, he played the Ipswich, then the FA Cup, two starts in a row. Um, if Doherty's unavailable, if he's if he's fine, then Doherty will obviously start. Um, and yes, yeah, so probably only really the one change. Probably just Adela Kuhn out, Keen Lewis Potter in is what I would 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 expect or would, would like to see anyway. And uh, do you see the so you, you, do you think you see the uh, the winning run continuing? I, I think it's interesting with with Oxford having so many draws lately, and of course us not having drawn a game yet. It sort of worries me that maybe this is the time for our first draw of the season. But you know, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we can get the win against them. Um, look, I I don't know. I'm confident. Uh, the boys are playing well. Um, we're in a strong position. In form. I can I'd see us take getting the points, um, but if if I had to settle for a point, I probably wouldn't really complain that much um, because you know we're still taking points, we're still at the top of the table. So um, a point if we drop two points, it doesn't damage our damage our position that much in the long run. Um, and you know, being four points clear, it does give us that that luxury of of a loss, not even um, you know a loss or drop points, not even taking us off top. Mm, and, I mean, and we still have a game in hand um, yep. against over Peterborough. Lincoln, I think, still also has a game in hand. Um, we're both uh, 14 and others are 15 yep. played. So, um, But, yeah, look, I wouldn't be too concerned. I, the, a draw is a minimum. I, I would be very upset if we lost. I could tolerate a draw, but I expect a win. <laughs> yeah. I think that's sort of the the mentality we're slipping into this season, which is where it should be, which is, you know, this is a division that we should be coming straight back out of. So um, need to be winning games like this against Oxford. Um, We then have Crew Alexandra in the next round of the EFL Trophy. Uh, Finally, a League One side that we've actually played in recent times. Um, I guess we had the same same with Fleetwood in the FA Cup, um, having already played them in the league. But we have already beaten Crew Alexandra this season with that 1-0 win that we alluded to before. Um, they're actually in reasonable form with three wins in their last five. Um, but, again, should be a game that we should be winning, even even with, as I anticipate, maybe nine or ten changes for, for this one. Yeah, that one looks like an, another bloody midweeker. So, yeah, Um Probably will be a few changes for that. Um, you know, the sort of game where you expect Eves to come in and start. Maybe someone like Scott gets a start. Um, Samuelson, maybe. Yeah, some of those, some of those other guys. You know, a few changes in the middle give. Um, you know, giving Honeyman and Smallwood and those guys that 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 rest and let them be ready for who's after that Shrewsbury. Um, but yeah. Um, I'd expect that we should be able to should be able to get a win because I think did we we didn't I'm trying to remember the game when we played them I feel like we didn't play that well but we uh, it was the one I think where Wilkes got the goal in like the eighty third minute or something from Myers cross into the box yeah so um, look I think um, yeah I I reckon we can we can carry on our our cup run um, take take the <laughs> And it softens it softens the blow of losing that FA Cup game, knowing we've still got the EFL trophy. Because, um, like you were saying with the FA Cup, it's good to be able to have these games to rotate the squad, keep everyone fresh, and um, get minutes in the legs of the other players. So, it's good to still be in this trophy. And um, look, if we if we can keep progressing, it'd be nice nice to have a trip to Wembley. And 
you know, by then maybe maybe some supporters will be able to to attend, which would be a nice way to end, you know kind of cap off the season after the season that we've had with uh, COVID. Yeah, well, what the after if we get past Crew, then what's it? Probably only oh, three, two or three games or something. And then must we're... Be something like I've, I've tried to do some research on this because uh, being very unfamiliar with the EFL Trophy, I didn't even I didn't, don't know if this is a quarterfinal or something like that. I I think. This might be the round of 16, so I think it might be three more games after this, but your guess is as good as mine. I tried to do some research, but Wikipedia wasn't very clear on um, yeah, on how right. the competition structured. Um, well, what's how many? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So there's thirty round of 32 at the moment. Round of 32, okay. Yeah. Um, so, so what's that? Four more games after this. Yeah, 16, so, 8, yeah. four, 2. So, okay. so not too not too far away, um, and there's quite a few um, quite a few under twenty ones teams still still in the competition. So you know, luck of the draw, um, we get past Crew. You know, never know never know what you will get. Um, yeah, maybe maybe a team we've already beaten. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe an under twenty ones. Who knows? But, it's, it'll be yeah. interesting. It'll be good, but. Um, no, look, I, I I do find myself sort of looking forward more to the league game. So it'll be it'll be good to play Oxford on the weekend and um, try and keep that gap growing at the top of the table um, and see where we can be by Christmas time. Yeah, well, I think um, if we keep going the way we're going, we'll have a nice uh, we'll give ourselves a twelve point gap for Christmas or something. Yeah, it'd be nice, nice straight <laughs> at Christmas. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see we'll see how we're going next week. But uh, thank you for joining me tonight, Dan. Not a problem. No worries, and thank you everyone for listening in. Until this time next week, come on City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back